the Agostin Hosinga show with your host Agostin Hosinga. Smack the shit out your bitch ass midget girlfriend, nigga. <laughs> Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back to the Agostino Zinger Show with I, your host, Agostino Zinger, and this is episode number 748. That is 748 of the Agostino Zinger Show. I hope you're well wherever this podcast and live stream may find you. I hope you are doing swimmingly. I hope you are doing swimmingly. How am I? All good, all things considered. All good, all things considered. I cannot lie. I cannot complain. Um, big up everybody I'm seeing in the stream chat right now. Big up I'm seeing my guy David Guerrero. Big up Young Old Vibes. What's going on? Hope you're both well. I see one of you is five margaritas deep. So that's good to see. Good to hear. Keep pounding them things back and raise one in the air for your boy. So I just seen on the old social media feed. Unfortunately, it's not looking good for my guy. It's not looking good for Slime. It's not looking good for a young fuck. It really isn't looking good for him. And if you're wondering, what's going on, Agostino? It's this news here. It's this news here, courtesy of Michael Seiden on Twitter. This is really concerning news. So if you're a fan of Young Fug, if you're a fan of um, YSL, you'll be really upset to hear this news. But it's no surprise, really, when you see some of the stuff that's been left on social media. It says, YSL defense attorney... YSL defense attorney Nicole Fegan is arrested on gang charges. Atlanta police have confirmed. So one of the lawyers involved in defending YSL, right, in making sure that King Slime gets out in some sort of like normal time and doesn't get flipping football numbers in terms of a prison sentence, which is most likely he's going to get, right? If you've been following the case, you would have known that you know the evidence against him the evidence against YSL is just you know it's hard to ignore really you can't really you can't really see a scenario where he doesn't get some level of prison time it's just about how much he's going to get especially with the time served of him actually being in jail this whole time and um, with actually you know sitting down I guess in prison this whole time before the actual um you know sentence is kind of doled out but now that you know various people within his actual legal team are getting knocked down with these legitimate legitimate gang charges it's looking really really dicey for my boy young fuck so let's look through the tweets and see what the actual case is so it says in 2022 apd was investigating a double shooting on the north northwest side of the city and the police learned that fegan had contacted the suspect in the shooting, warning him about the active warrants on his arrest. Ah, <laughs> oh, this is this is not something a lawyer should do. I don't think so, right? <laughs> Fegan provided information that she learned during the preliminary hearing related to the shooting and advised the suspect to dispose of the phone as police were going to arrest him. She was not representing him at the time. 
Jesus Christos. Fegan is charged in participation in criminal street gang activity, criminal solicitation to commit the offence of tampering with evidence. APD has confirmed that Fegan was arrested in Gwinnett County, transported to Fulton County, and we're working on getting warrants, but the hack is presenting a bit of a challenge. The APD released information from the incident she is charged. As you can see there, um, preliminary information Officers responded to two male gunshot wounds hospital in private vehicle. Upon arrival, officers located two victims who sustained gunshot wounds. One victim was alert, unconscious and breathing, and the second victim was in critical but stable condition. Preliminary investigations indicate that the incident originally occurred near Baker Street, where the victims were engaged in an exchange of gunfire with the suspects. Investigators responded to the scene and determined the circumstances around the incident and the investigation continued. And the investigation continued sorry. Please keep in mind the above information is preliminary in nature and can change. Atlanta Police Homicide have notified that one of the victims succumbed to his injuries. This case has now been changed to aggravated assault to a homicide. Um, Keontae Davis was taken into custody by the Atlanta Zone 2 officers who aggravated assault on a murder. Jesus Christ. I spoke with a defense attorney in Fulton County and they told me that the earliest vegan could face a judge could be tomorrow, which means that she'll be spending an evening in Rice Street. We're learning more details as we continue. This person for the jail confirmed that Nicole Fegan has been booked. The hack is preventing us from getting a mugshot. Defense attorney Renee Rockwell has confirmed that Nicole Fegan has a 40k bond and could be released from jail at some point tonight. She added that she's innocent of all allegations against her. <laughs> oh my god, man. Honestly, it's not looking good for Fug, man. I'm just I just I'm just confused. Maybe there is some like logic to it. Maybe there's some like street logic to it, right? If you get somebody in your defense team who has some sort of street smarts about them, is associated with the streets, even if they have a, you know, a license to practice law, I guess, in some regards, and maybe they, they're somewhat legit. Maybe the idea is around it is that if you have an actual criminal, um, you know, who hangs around other criminals as you, well, your defense attorney, maybe they have a better chance of getting you off the charges because they understand, you know, some of the gray areas around laws and whatnot, who knows? But I don't know if that's me and I'm being charged what, what young folks being charged of. I just don't want there to be anything else that could implicate or affect my, you know, my case really, because I've already done enough, you know, I've, he, like allegedly he's already done enough himself and as such as the gang. So you don't want anything else on top of it to make it worse. So why would you knowingly or willingly um, have somebody represent you that might have some street ties? It doesn't make any sense. Really. It seems a bit backwards, you know? Um, exactly it's some it's on some better call soul shit this is so i don't really know why one here but it kind of feels like an odd appointment you know to have this lady involved because she seems like she is somewhat tied to the streets and if you're thinking i guess you know you're flipping you're on the mad one she's not tied to the streets. she's just some little white girl no I, I i kid you not this woman looks like she's absolutely tied to the streets look at some of these clips i've seen online of how she's talking and how she's moving this is not somebody that I would want to represent me. I'm not going to lie. I don't want this person representing me. I don't want them anywhere near my case. Zero, zero, zero. But look at this lady. Look at this lady. Just, just, just look. Just look at this. 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 You know, there is nothing better than when you walk out of the gas station and somebody be like, are you Nicole? And you know, real shit, the world I live in, I don't even be wanting to claim myself sometimes. But then when he's like, you might not remember because it was a long time ago, but you got me out of jail. That makes you feel good. <laughs> Why is she talking like that? She's got a little essentials hoodies on. She's got her fucking, you know, her diamond, 
<laughs> her bust down watch. She's got her fucking Colombian teeth done. Why is she talking like that? Like, why? Why is she speaking like that? <laughs> What's going on? What is with the code switching? What's happening here? It's absolutely flipping crazy. It honestly, it's crazy. But this other clip probably is the one that probably would have made me really worried if I was fucked. I'm not going to lie. This clip here would have made me super, super worried. And I'm shocked no one in his team was a little bit more on point in terms of maybe vetting the people that are representing him because this woman's an absolute menace, right? So this is a clip of her. I don't know where somebody grabbed this, but I've just seen this on Twitter just now. And it features her basically trying to give advice to ladies and letting them know, hey, here's how you hold your you know hold your nigga down if he goes if he your street nigga down if he goes to prison listen to this woman's advice right she's like the female fucking kevin um samuels it's absolutely crazy listen listen to this woman this is this is young fuck's lawyer by the way he's cooked if you're messing with a man that's in the street, then you need to understand the position you play. If you're sitting there and you're getting nice dinners, you're getting some shoes, you might be getting a purse, then when shit gets fucked up, you're down too. You might have a minor setback, but you're going to have a major comeback. Another thing is you don't need to be sitting there asking who he's talking to and whether or not he's cheating. He's not cheating. And frankly, you don't need to ask him what he's doing anyway because you already know he's not doing shit and said you need to be googling some shit to talk to him about so that he can get his mind off his situation another thing is you don't need to get all in your feelings and lose your self-esteem and you don't want to be confident you think he might be one the bonnet the I, I don't know what to say i don't know what to say i don't know what to say i do not know what to say but if you've seen the video and you can't if you just listen to the audio the video is like her sitting down in this crazy bonnet and it looks like she's got some fake tan on to make herself look a little bit more, I don't know, Hispanic. I don't know sure what's going on here. And I'm just aghast. I don't know what's happening. I really don't know what's happening. But prayers to everybody involved in that case, especially for Fug. It's not looking good for him. I swear to God it isn't. It wasn't looking good for him anyway. If you watch enough of those YouTube documentaries, you would have seen, you know, some of them are a bit sensationalist. And it kind of blow things out, you know, out of proportion. But from the evidence available, it's looking likely that he's going to do some time. It's just about how long they're going to give him. But considering everything that's been happening, considering all the delays, you know, the 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 you know the accusations of witness tampering, of witness intimidation, evidence tampering, um, corruption. You know, I think there was a there was an episode. I think in the beginning of the case, wasn't there? Like somebody in the actual courtroom allegedly passing people drugs and shit. That that girl that got caught trying to smuggle people drugs when they first got locked up. Like, there's been non-stop flipping criminality associated with this case from the moment they got flipping brought to court. Of you know the, the the moment it got brought to trial, there's been non-stop criminality. It hasn't stopped. That's the funny thing about it. It hasn't fucking stopped. Young Fugs obviously looked a little bit more chunky. He's got the flipping jumpers on. He looks like a good Christian boy now in church. But the criminality around these guys hasn't stopped one bit, even though they're on fucking trial. That's how you know there's some real goons. That's how you know Fug and YSL are some real life goons because the criminality didn't stop. They're on trial. They're facing flipping double digit numbers in terms of prison centers. People died. Allegedly, the murder rate in Atlanta was spiked when they were on the streets warring with flipping YFN, Lucy's crew, and everybody else in Atlanta at the time. These guys are some real steppers. And you'd imagine, with all the evidence available, with, the, with their flipping tendency to post everything on social media and talk about stuff on songs, they just relax a little bit. They're sickle, right? They chill out a little bit, right? They take it easy. Nah, the criminality hasn't stopped. So 
now that all this stuff is happening, the more and more I think about it, the more I don't blame flipping Ghana for, for flipping squealing and running away. I don't like it personally because I'm somebody who thinks, you know, if you're involved in a life of crime and you go down, I think one of the worst things you can do, one of the most cowardly things you can do is to kind of snitch on your co-defendants, really. Especially if you willingly, you know, get yourself involved in a life of crime. You kind of sign up for that life, um, for better or worse. And you can't then start running away once the, once the good times come, you know, come knocking. Suddenly you start pointing your fingers and suddenly you want to change your life and give your life to fucking Christ or whatever it may be. I think that stuff is deplorable. But in some cases, I kind of understand because some people are just like beyond saving. Like some people just want to be gangsters until the actual end. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, God damn it, man. Like, you know what I mean? Gunner's out here. He need, he probably lost like, what sixty pounds plus. He's looking amazing. He's dressing himself in flipping Rick Owens and shit, having a good time with his new white friends. If you've seen some of the videos that Gunner's been posting online, it seems like he doesn't really have any black friends anymore. <laughs> He's hanging around a completely new different cr a new crew. I can't understand it when people do this sort of stuff because Jesus Christ, man, these guys are making it really hard to get out. They're making it really flipping hard to get out. But hey, what can you do? what can you do you just have to kind of hope and pray that things flipping work out for their way that they need to work out but you know i'm not really holding my breath i'm not gonna lie i really i'm not holding my breath so um just wanted to mention this because i thought this was an amazing flipping pool and something that needs to be flipping acknowledged um big up flipping zendaya big up zendaya big up blood clot zendaya for doing the damn thing at the june 2 flipping premiere most of you have already seen this that she's um dressed for the zoom for the dune 2 premiere here in london and wearing head to toe mugler um which is absolutely incredible i'm not until head to toe i think the jewelry is by buglari i think if i'm not mistaken but she's wearing this amazing um thierry mugler couture um robot outfit that was i think debuted during like full 1995 or something one day couture collections it's an incredible piece to pull from because if i'm not mistaken it's not a remake it's actually one of the original pieces that's been pulled from the archives and she looks absolutely phenomenal it absolutely phenomenal at first i didn't really like the jewelry and the lack of the helmet but i think now the more that i look at it she's kind of got this almost like disheveled sweaty kind of look about her in terms of the makeup and so also the hair so it kind of looks like she's taken the helmet off before she actually walked out to the quote-unquote red carpet and i think the jewelry the necklace actually adds a little bit of glam right to the actual outfit and kind of makes it look you know just kind of switches up the kind of vibe of it a little bit on the right here you kind of see the original um during the obviously the mugler show with the original helmet there and the model kind of wearing it looks absolutely incredible and then obviously on the left here you see zendaya wearing it and looking absolutely great and i think what this has done is it's kind of reinvigorated this conversation around styling when it comes to celebrities and fashion pieces and stuff because it's become like a big thing nowadays to, for stylists to go out and pull stuff from archives and whatnot but i think a lot of stylists um just do the bare minimum really and kind of pull the easiest thing or things that they've been offered because i know nowadays designers actually offer some celebrities money to wear certain things um so it becomes really a a situation where most 
I think actors or entertainers would probably just want to go for the person that pays them the most money because I guess most of these people don't really give a fuck about fashion anyway. Um, they don't really see the importance of trying to wear, you know, these amazing flipping looks and outfits and whatever it may be to create a moment, um, you know, whatever, an impression to create some entertainment, some buzz, whatever on a red carpet. They just see it as an opportunity just to kind of cash in and extra, make some extra money on top of it. So they probably don't see it as a big deal. But the ones that do take it seriously, the stylists, I mean, I think this should be a good little wake up call for people to kind of push the envelope a little bit and try a bit harder. Cause I think when it comes to styling, similar to like DJs and stand up comedians, I think the majority of them are pretty terrible. Let's be real. The majority of stylists are pretty shit. Um, you know, they don't really have, um, much of a, um, they don't really have much knowledge when it comes to, you know, the history of fashion and stuff. They don't really have, um, you know, m much creativity. They don't really have much range. Um, everything has to be within arm's reach. They don't really try to challenge or push their flipping clients and shit. I understand sometimes the clients probably don't want to do it anyway, but in general, I don't think they really kind of go for it. So I think if anything, what Law Roach and Zendaya are doing with their looks is that they're, they're, they're kind of reminding people that this sort of stuff is, is possible it's obviously not the easiest i'm sure there was probably there's probably a whole documentary they could do around how they secure this piece but the fact that it got done and the fact that it looked this stunning and the fact that it's created such waves and it's become such a big talking point on my side of social media and i think on some of the broadsheets has been amazing um the funny thing about law roach though after all the talk about him retiring and you know seeing him front and center on the on the red carpet for flipping the dune tube premiere it's really interesting to see because he's like he must be the most like fame hungry stylist i've ever seen in my entire life especially for somebody that was like you know a little bit um disillusioned with the industry wanted to quit and stuff like he loves the limelight in it he's like the styling version of that flipping um famous um suge knight rant against p diddy right do you want to you don't want a record executive all up in your videos right he's all up in the post right he makes it known look i'm her stylist i'm the guy responsible for this so that's really funny but the funny thing about this clip actually or this picture when i first saw this the immediate thought i had was like oh is that laura kind of looks like little uzi vert I know he's kind of got a bit of a Will I Am vibe here, but if you zoom out, he kind of looks like Lil Uzi Vert from this angle, wearing this flipping. There's something that Lil Uzi would definitely wear. Like, it kind of has a little Uzi vibe about it. But yeah, regardless, he did a great job. Um, he probably has every reason to stand next to her, especially considering the pool. It's a very impressive one. Um, probably something that's going to go into the, we're definitely going to go into the history books and it's going to be looked upon, looked back upon for years to come. I see people on my side of social media still talking about it till this day even though people were flipping dissecting it to its core yesterday so it's probably going to last forever and ever and ever and ever um obviously some of the original images here you can see from the original full 995 couture collection you can see the model here wearing um the robo outfit underneath this amazing purple cape actually which i probably wouldn't mind the scenes and they are actually wearing on the red carpet either that would have been a pretty cool reveal imagine if she had three outfits in one she walked out on a red carpet had this red um cape um almost looking thing wearing with this amazing funnel neck took it off there was a robot you know um outfit revealed underneath and then she came back out again with the black dress that would have been pretty sick she had like three outfits in one but that's the original images from the actual collection itself as you can see there and of course we've got zendaya wearing it on the left hand side there as well so big up zendaya big up law roach absolutely incredible um look absolutely incredible pool and something that i can't wait to see evolve coming forward as well with all these amazing stylists being challenged and being pushed to do cool and interesting things
But thoughts and prayers to flipping uh, Timothy Chamelay. <laughs> thoughts and prayers to Timothy Chamelay, right? He had to stand, you know, next to Zendaya while she's wearing this amazing couture outfit, right? Which, you know, has to be up there with one of the most flipping, you know, costly pieces of couture ever constructed, right? And then he has to stand next to her <laughs> in this boxy baggy t-shirt <laughs> and these pants. I don't know where these pants are from. They don't look like they fit correctly. Like, I don't know. This for me is a, a, a flipping representation of like red carpet looks in general, right? Women can go to red carpet looks and wear extravagant outfits, extravagant gowns, and guys essentially just have to turn up in a variation of a tuxedo. That's what it feels like. It feels like a representation of those sort of, you know, the, the ongoing battle. But this is also maybe backs up my theory that fashion with a capital F is not really for men. It's mostly for women. That's why you have this on the right-hand side and you have this on the left-hand side. Like, that's what fashion is. Fashion for men includes T-shirts and jeans fashion for women includes this elaborate right this elaborate robot suit with these amazing see-through panels on the boobs and the biceps and the mid like that's what fashion for women in philippines includes so unfortunately all we have is style really i think men have style which is why it's important if you're a dude to really get your style dialed in like what actually works for your body what actually works for your you know comfortability your vibe whatever it may be and then you just kind of hone it in so if you're if you're like a car heart chore guy you just gotta dial in that outfit and make sure you got a good pair of jeans you got a good pair of boots you got a good jacket you got a good t-shirt you got a good beanie like you gotta just dial in your look but you can't really as a dude do the whole fashion thing with a capital f unless you know you kind of want to look flamboyant and most men don't really look want to look flamboyant unfortunately um so you kind of left with this sort of shit where you're wearing a big black baggy t-shirt and you're kind of trying to smile and you know act like everything's okay when you know inside you're you know you're screaming for the fucking heavens but big up timothy chamelay regardless big up timmy chamelay regardless moving on moving on I was listening to the recent um, Dua Lipa single, right? I was listening to the recent Dua Lipa single. You know what it got me thinking? It's a really complicated situation with Dua Lipa. So she's got this new single at the moment called um, Training Season that is really good. Like, for what it is, really, really, really good. I don't think it's better than Houdini. I still think Houdini is a banging. But so far, considering the singles that she's put out, I think it's, there's two for two, right? In terms of Training Session and Houdini, in terms of, you know, singles before the album drops. Training Session is really good. But one thing I noticed about um, Dua Lipa, and I was thinking about it, just because of the recent video of the weekend Playboy Cartier Madonna for popular dropping right this video featuring um the weekend Madonna and Playboy Cartier dropped and the first thing I thought about when I saw Madonna come on the screen was although these new pop stars make great music that's fun that you can vibe to and it's good they just don't have that je ne sais quoi they don't have that it factor you know that's the only thing they don't have the it factor they're missing a little bit of that it factor and for Dua Lipa the main thing that kind of is missing for her is like she seems kind of boring as a human being which is not fair because I've never met the woman I don't really know what she sounds like in terms of her voice and what her opinions are on certain things never spoken to her in my day in life so I'm just kind of judging off a vibe she doesn't really I, this is a weird thing to say she's not very sexy i don't think she might be appealing to look at but she doesn't really you know draw you captivate you in a way that some of these other pop stars have done in yesteryears you think about like a kylie minogue right just it oozes sex appeal 
And then she also d- can't dance. It's weird because she makes amazing music. Like, honestly, I love her music. Like, some of the albums that she put out, um, I think of, um, what is that one? Is it Club Nostalgia? Is that what I'm talking about? Yeah, Club Future Nostalgia, right? That album that she put out was absolutely fucking banging. The remixes were super good. She's made, obviously, great singles before that. She's an amazing artist, but in terms of putting it together, in terms of the dance, in terms of the sex appeal, the coolness, it's just not there. And then you go to somebody like fucking Madonna, she's haggard right she's an old lady she's got a bunch of botched surgeries she clearly can't move as well as she did before because of you know i guess performance-based injuries that she might have but in this video for popular she just oozes cool she oozes cool and all she's doing is splaying herself on some couch right and the video is zooming into her mouth and she's got these kind of ridiculous gold grills on as a 60 year old woman right it's kind of ridiculous but she just oozes coolness yeah you kind of wanna you kind of would love to party with fucking madonna right you kind of would love to be in her presence you kind of would love to be you know sniffing line somewhere in some fucking chalet somewhere in the middle of france right having a good time but then you look at someone like a dua lipa and it's like yeah, the music is great and whatnot, and it's amazing, but would you really want to hang out with her? You know? Would you really want to hang out with Dua Lipa? Like, is somebody that you actually want to be friends with? Is it somebody that um, I don't really know? Like, are girls really kind of clamoring to be Dua Lipa? Do, do, are they copying her looks? Are they kind of enamored with her the same way, like, some of the kids were enamored with, like, the Madonnas, the Kylie Minogue's of yesteryear or shit? Is that still a thing? I don't really know. But maybe that's where we are in music and culture. Maybe in music and culture, we're in a place now where people don't really want that. They just want a, you know, they want a, they want something else. They just want the, they want the vibes. They want the tunes to be delivered on a plate. And that's basically, I'm not really too sure. But regardless, I really did enjoy it. And this latest single by Dua Lipa, I think it's really good. Like I said, I think she's got two for two training session. I still think um, Houdini kind of smashes it um, still to this day, which is which is interesting because I think Houdini is one of those tracks where like even the remixes aren't that great. The remixes haven't been able to take away from how good the actual original single itself is. So I'm really looking forward to the album dropping. I can't really wait until it fucking drops. I'm really I'm eager to see what she puts together for the album. But um madonna is just something else on this track and again this vid this video is so late considering how banging this the popular song has been because i think the popular dropped around the same time the weekend was filming that tv series um the idol so it was one of the tracks i was featured in that the kind of compilation whatever that was put together and it's absolutely amazing like it's it, it kind of if it lives still now and um, it's aged really well um, I play it all the time. It's definitely in my playlist whenever I'm going to the gym and shit. I flipping love it. And finally the video dropped. And I think the good thing about the video is that, you know, because it's such a popular tune, it kind of helps to reinvigorate it and kind of helps to pe- remind people how much of a fun vibe it is. And personally for me, because I think Madonna's still kind of cool, even though she kind of looks a bit scary, um, it kind of just makes you appreciate somebody like her. Do you know what I mean? That's something that I was seeing when I was kind of checking out the video. And of course, you've got a very, very rare Playboy Carti cameo in a video too, because he usually sometimes doesn't, uh, mostly he will, he, he records collaborations or features in a single, but then he will sometimes take it back 
but then he very rarely turns up for the video. But I think when it comes to the weekend, his exo family, you know, his exo extended family, and obviously Madonna, he obviously had to turn up. But um, it's great to see, you know, Carti in there doing his thing, enjoying himself and shit, setting the vibes right. And it's absolutely amazing. So check it out if you haven't already. The weekend, Madonna, popular official music videos out at the moment now, and all the places you watch music videos. And of course, um, what you call it, Dua Leaper's um, new single called Training Season is also out as well. So definitely make sure you check that out as well if you love some of that pop shit. If you love some of that pop shit. Going on to the main point of the pod today, we have to talk about this, right? This is really funny. Really, really funny. So I saw this pop up on my flipping social media feed and I was laughing my absolute face off because, you know, London's kind of clubbing scene and whatever it may be has turned into you know there are there are annoying parts of the london nightlife scene let's just say that right and one of the most annoying parts of it is i think there are all these people who are almost um they love to get on their soapbox right and kind of preach and lecture you about their political leanings about how they see the world about representation and diversity who they champion blah 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 but then when they're faced with issues and the funny thing about it i think the same thing happened with them um, what's that i forgot the flipping party what it was called but there was a sex positive party in london where they were preaching all this stuff about inscrutivity and about consent all this sort of nonsense and then you know um a couple of years later it got revealed that one of the founders was obviously a bit of an abuser and the whole thing had to kind of fold within itself so they love to kind of preach to the public and to the normies and to the outside world and kind of make it seem like everybody else is a monster when really the monsters lie within but they're not really good at policing themselves so i find that stuff usually kind of interesting and funny to kind of point and laugh at and one of the things that's really funny interesting has been the the kind of resurgence of e1 e1 has always been a bit of a shit club in my personal opinion even before it was called e1 it was kind of studio spaces i always never i never really loved it i thought it was always a bit of an annoying place to kind of go to it's in a strange location the security always a bit too over fucking aggressive and touchy and shit the crowd was always sketchy and the rooms were awful no air conditioning you know fucking literally like a fucking sweat box in there like you're actually going to fucking gym box so i never really liked the place but in recent years I don't know who they got in charge in terms of the bookings, but they've done a really good job in terms of revitalizing the image of it by having really cool collectives do parties there or just booking really popular DJs. And it's kind of, you know, helped to sort of like change the image of the place itself. But, you know, fundamentally, it's still a bit of a shit club. So this shit club now has had another lease of life where they've kind of decided to go in another that would decide to kind of evolve that sort of thing and without really saying it they've kind of turned into like the quasi extension safe space for the lgbtq i guess queer community and stuff which is odd because again the crowd that goes there is not very lgbtq friendly so it's been funny to see that and now it's being revealed unfortunately courtesy of ravers of palestine of ravers for palestine sorry that the owner of london venue e1 was allegedly serving in the israeli military <laughs> the screenshots appear to show that the owner and the founder yuval hen was fighting alongside idf during the ongoing ground invasion in gaza so he legitimately left the united kingdom at one point to go and fight um for his country in gaza um and probably contributed to the what nearly thirty thousand people that have died in gaza now i think at last count i saw and i think the number of israelis who've died you know in in relation to the war is something under two thousand 
So imagine, imagine this guy legitimately left the UK to go and fucking slain women and children out in Gaza and then come back and start raving like nothing fucking happened. So big up ravers of Palestine um, for flipping revealing this. I think I would assume most likely they got the inf information from people on the inside. Most likely somebody disgruntled that works at E1 was probably like, you know what? This needs to be brought out to the public. So they probably leaked it. This is a fucking wow. So let's actually see the slideshow. So this, this shows a slideshow picture from Facebook and it shows, I guess, the founder of E1, which is the guy there on the lower left, I'd, I'd imagine. And the caption says as follows. It says, um, my private soldier Yuval Chen is coming back home to London. Ever since we were kids, busy with ourselves and dramas in the neighborhood you always had my back and this time quite naturally you stood up to protect what was really important on the house and um, thank you for four months in which you left home so he was there for four <laughs> this guy is a fucking psycho bro absolute psycho he definitely committed some fucking war crimes i honestly do think he did thank you for four months in which you left home family free magical children and came to protect us i know you enjoyed the way i know you enjoyed the way and thank god for returning you help okay i think somebody translated this from from i guess hebrew i'm assuming right jesus christ i hope you didn't like i hope they don't mean i know you enjoyed it like i know you enjoyed killing women and children out here um even if even if you were far somewhere in gaza it felt almost it felt closest to the heart and the little moments we still managed to still in between after the weekend we stay with me until the last next time thank you my friend thank you i love you you are the best in the world and there's pictures of yuval hen number one i'm assuming with a young with the person that writ the caption and then here's him in full garb out there in gaza i guess killing innocent women and kids and shit absolutely crazy absolutely crazy another caption says no one wants to lose um, another ra uh, rave venue in london but there can be no place in our culture for actors engaged in colonial violence especially those in positions of power and ownership we urge all ravers and djs to boycott e1 until further notice and there's a spray paint there i guess somewhere um maybe around e1 that says boycott the e1 owner yuval hen is idf fighting in gaza now boycott e1 so the complex situation here in london is this we just don't have enough clubs unfortunately um you know ever since what i guess maybe 2016 or something there's been you know year on year more clubs have been closing um because the tories are a bunch of fucking cunts and shit and they don't really want to invest in nightlife in any way shape or form but they obviously want to they love to fucking you know take from the fucking profits of it and love to fucking you know line their pockets but they don't want to invest in anything of it so we don't really have a lot of clubs available not a lot of good ones we probably have about five decent clubs and even though i fucking hate e1 e1 is definitely one of them so when things like this happen, the reason why people are probably slow to quote unquote boycott is because we just don't have any venues available. So for, but we have an abundance of promoters. We have an abundance of DJs. We have probably, you know, an abundance of people that want to go party and kind of let their hair down. So once you get rid of places like E1, what can you then replace them with? That's the main issue. And I know that's really crazy to say because at the end of the day, what this guy was engaged in, especially if you're politically active and you are standing up for the people in Palestine and you are out there in the streets protesting and you're calling for a ceasefire and then you find out that one of your favourite clubs um, in London E1 is maybe responsible for spilling the blood of innocent women and children out there in Gaza, you're going to be fucking heartbroken, right? And you're definitely going to want to boycott this. So I can definitely understand in that regard. 
regard but i guess everybody else that probably isn't that politically active or probably doesn't really you know is maybe not trying to make an opinion on it i can see where your feelings can be conflicted but for me the funny thing about this more so are the parties and the collectives who are going out of their way not to really say anything and not to have a stance on it because they're trying to protect um you know their parties they're trying to protect their ability to put on raves and shit and their community and they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because you know the 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 sensible choice to, to do especially if you're somebody that's pro you know um that's pro flipping that's pro advocating for people who are going through such horrific situations right and you're out here protesting the sensible and easy thing to do is obviously to boycott the club but i guess if you're actually running a party and you actually got an event on it's probably a little bit harder of a decision to make like what is the decision that you do here what is the thing that you do especially in the wake of the recent update here courtesy of mixmac where it says e1 founder resigns as director amid revelations he traveled to israel to serve in the idf so now we have an update courtesy of e mixmac that says the actual founder yuval hen has stepped down as um director of the club in order to i guess allow the club to continue on because most likely knowing london and knowing how politically active and mobilized and you know committed people are they're probably going to boycott e1 and it probably won't survive again especially because a lot of the people that went there um are probably tied to some of their bigger parties and if some of the bigger parties decide to pull out it's probably going to be curtains for them but let's read the article regardless Yuval Hen, the founder of London's E1 nightclub, has stepped down from his role as director following the discovery that he travelled to Israel to serve an Israeli defence force in Gaza. Revelations came to light yesterday, February 15th, after an Instagram post from Ravers uh, for Palestine shared a screenshot of another lead Facebook post featuring images of Hen in IDF uniform accompanied with a caption that indicated he was returning home after spending four months somewhere in Gaza. Ravers for Palestine has called for artists, promoters and club goers to boycott East London's nightclub in the light of the revelations writing we urge all ravers and DJs to boycott E1 until further notice. No one wants to lose another. Um, there's currently calls in the UK to bring the legal charges against residents who have travelled to Israel to serve in the IDF um, in Gaza following the ICJ ruling that Israel was at risk of violating international law. If I'm not mistaken, I think there was a woman from the Netherlands who recently went to go and fight um, for the or went to go serving the idf who is now being allegedly i think being brought for war crime charges um which i think is pretty <laughs> i think is pretty um on point especially for people who have absolutely no business being in israel going out of their way to purposely partake in something that people are you know i would also suggest is fucking a genocide to go and actively take part in something like that is absolutely insane so if you're gonna you know you know you fucking you take crazy risks you're gonna win fucking crazy prizes in a statement shared by mix mag today e1 said it's it is a place of music and dancing and that it has no connection to the political movements and confirms that the previous owner stepped away in october um due to being deeply affected by the ongoing crisis across israel and palestine which is obviously not true because most likely this person stepped away today yeah this yuval hen guy definitely stepped away from the business today not in october because they traveled to fucking israel in october so it's weird that they would step away from the club in october to go serve and then now they would step it just doesn't make any sense um i just think most likely somebody within e1 um definitely leaked this information when they got a hold of it and was able to do a name search on his you know on him on fucking facebook found a post and then fucking translated it i think that's what basically happened we will continue to provide a safe space for people People to enjoy the club culture in east london companies house records for e1's holding company upspace limited stated that henry had resigned <laughs> exactly see 
So the fucking company's house records, right? The the fucking the government portal where you go to register all your limited liability companies and whatnot has him listed still as the you know the flipping owner and stuff and director of E1, but it says that he only resigned on the 16th. So this idea that he resigned in October is obviously false. So if they're already lying about this, then they're probably lying about everything. E1 has referred to Hen as a previous owner, though a transfer ownership has yet to be confirmed. E1 has confirmed to Mixmag that Hen will not be returning to the club. Um, still doesn't mean that he you know even if he takes away his flipping ownership of it doesn't mean he's still not taking salary from it and that the monies that are being generated from the club aren't going to contribute um to supplying arms and you know essentially funding um that continued genocide in in fucking gaza so if you are politically active you're probably gonna have to keep your eye out on that one a number of events are still scheduled to take place um in e1 this weekend including club of Roberton, who shared an instagram post which i want to actually share with you actually in a minute um which i'm going to share with you bear with me one second here so club of Roberton is one of the places that's finding it difficult to make a decision i guess um club of Roberton is one of the premier kink parties um in europe you'd say not even in london only they do parties all over europe and um, they're done in amsterdam i think they're in berlin also um and they are one of the people who are kind of holding out um to decide what then what they should do but there is a really interesting update here courtesy of the of the ravers of palestine instagram account where they obviously post a statement for club verboten where they say following the recent developments which is again it's very interesting use of words here from club verboten it says following the recent developments we've um, resolved to depart e1 and embark on more once more on the quest to secure space for our community come march we'll be hosting events at different venues though it lies beyond remains uncertain so it kind of makes it seem like they quit or they kind of cancel their flipping ties with e1 but not really but in the second paragraph they say despite this transition we remain committed to supporting our freelancers and supporters especially amidst the ongoing cost of living crisis tonight's final show at e1 will proceed to ensure our dedication to those who rely on us during these um trying of time so they're basically saying hey like i know this is fucked up but we need to keep this going because people's livelihood is dependent on us we can't just cancel this you know at the flick of you know um at the flick of a wrist we kind of have a little bit more planning we're going to go ahead and obviously cancel in future shows but the one that's going to be happening literally tonight we have to kind of see it through um and let's continue on with the post but then unfortunately for them a lot of the djs that are playing such as grace Dahl, right people like grace Dahl have basically said hey i'm not performing right um posted on, on on their flipping instagram hello everyone i want to let you know that i won't be playing at e1 tonight as much as i was looking forward to this experience i can't turn a blind eye to the recent allegations that have been made in connection to the venue i hope you understand my decision much love and see you another time another dj is meant to be playing at club verbotum also cancelled i'm going to show you now um this person here says i'm disgusted at the news emerging about the owner and he won tonight and immediately cancelled my set that was due to take place for the friday night of club verbotum i have always been extremely vocal about my views on the ongoing genocide of the palestinian people by the israeli government and refuse to take any association with any organization that supports these atrocities finally i want to emphasize that my issue is not with cover bottom and i can thank them for hooking me for for booking me sorry and then another person also let me just see here um another person also that was meant to perform here also has confirmed that they're going to be cancelling hello i made my decision to not play you one tonight was really looking forward to it but current allegations towards the venue concerning me thanks for understanding see you next time london so they basically put club about him in the weird position where they kind of had to cancel the party or maybe just get last minute people to um play for me i can understand 
dead position, especially being a former promoter myself. I can understand a sticky situation. I feel like if Club Burton have done the right thing in the past and are usually on the quote unquote right side of history for whatever that fucking term actually means, I think that the community or ravers themselves should maybe cut Club Burton some slack and be like, hey, we understand you know, a sticky situation carry on with your party tonight and then you can kind of see everything in the future going forward i think that should obviously be the sensible decision to do because with the cost that's been incurred they probably had to pay for visas and shit hotel stays you know deposits they probably had a lot of outlay going to making sure this event happens especially king parties because they have to you know bring in all their own equipment furnitures fixings swings whatever right a new team so it's a whole thing that goes into kind of um, making kink events happen in london or in any place you know they're, they're not just things you just pop up in any venue you have to there's a lot of attention and care and planning goes into them so me personally i can understand why they still wanted to do a party and i wouldn't you know i wouldn't judge them for that i think it's perfectly okay to do that but i also think it's perfectly fine for the artists themselves who are you know who feel um strongly about this issue um to be like hey i'm not playing you know i mean under no circumstances am i going to um be privy or am i going to be complicit in you know lining the pockets of somebody that served in the idf i'm just not doing it which is completely understandable but then that obviously means most likely the only logical next step for e1 is it to close there's no way it can survive this like absolutely no way <laughs> it's not happening you know what i mean like no one's gonna probably be able to operate or run the place itself with its operating cost the way it is the reputational damage that's been done to it is probably irreversible and it just is what it is you know it's not gonna it's not gonna happen it's not gonna go anywhere good for them going forward so let's see um some more posts here this is for courtesy of safe only limited i'm assuming this is a collective of people who probably help them with the safety measures inside to make sure everybody's you know safe and whatnot during these kink events they said upon further consideration um safe only will not be presence will not have a presence sorry tonight at club Overtum. we hope to be able to look out for kinksters again in the future more or for you if more to follow tomorrow so they've decided we're not going to do it and then we've got another one here um another post here from sarara Co what's that so saha collective that says e1 claims their owner okay cool but you get the gist right you get the gist of what's happening here um it's all kind of going up in smoke for e1 at the moment and to be honest i'm not gonna lie it couldn't have happened to a worse club that's the funny thing like people are getting up in arms rightfully so about the connection um the owner has to the idf and that you know judging by the evidence that's available now they most likely took part in atrocities out there in gaza and probably have the blood of innocent women men and children out there in gaza on their hands based on the image that we have available here taken from the facebook right we can you know this guy doesn't look like he didn't fucking fire his gun and he doesn't look like a medic to me he looks like somebody that was definitely um you know enjoying the time that he was there serving um in in the idf and you know mercilessly fucking slaying people out there so you know that's one thing i understand that but the club itself has been terrible since the time it fucking launched it's been fucking garbage it's been so bad from the security who are incredibly aggressive and handsy and definitely go out of their way to kill your vibe to the extreme fucking searches to the nonsense cloakroom area that's outside 
near the smoking area to the weird layout of the club even though it's just only got two rooms it's got this strange layout where you have to kind of walk out into this weird foyer bit that's next to a bathroom that's always discovered in fucking i don't know if it's drink or piss juice who knows to the horrible toilets have got crazy cues to the rooms themselves which are always boiling hot um never not air conditioning in there um to the sound that is all right towards the front but crappy towards the back it's just a complete horror show and the crowd don't even get me started on the e1 crowd absolutely terrible the only thing that's probably going for it benefit especially for someone like myself who lives in the east of london is the location the location is pretty handy especially if you're riding a bike like it's there's 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 a there's great like bike lanes and shit for you to travel back home if you live around east uber's home are really relatively cheap fair enough but the experience itself as a club is absolutely dog shit and it's funny too because i've been a very strong champion of hating e1 from the moment i first kind of started going there and i've been you know loudly proclaiming it because i couldn't understand like how they keep getting all these amazing bookings but the experience is terrible like recently they had like you know they have all these amazing like tiktok famous djs like charlie sparks playing right and the queues will be crazy the, the, the oversell they'll oversell these events kids will be fucking jammed in there like sardines fainting all over the place and then the next week there'll be another party again and again and again people don't stop putting events on a fucking e1 and i could never understand why because it's fucking garbage so it's kind of interesting to see that it's not actually getting cancelled because it's a terrible club which it should be it's getting cancelled more so because of the owner's affiliation um based on his evidence with the idf more so as opposed to it being a terrible club but i guess it's a it's a it's a shit sandwich right it's a double decker of like cancellation it's like hey your owner is um responsible for war crimes and also your club is fucking terrible so you can probably close your doors now and nobody's gonna fucking miss you but unfortunately for the landscape of ravers out there in london it is probably going to be a blow that's going to be felt that there's not a lot of places out to kind of party and have a good time and now that e1 is going we're kind of left with just basically fold um what m venue venue mot um maybe color factory you can include there and a few others but there's not many there's not many really to kind of go for but again you know not surprised here to see some of the reviews from the one star reviews from e1 are always fucking hilarious to me let's actually see a couple here so you can kind of get a vibe of what people say about the club itself this person says um best lineup in the worst and the worst place to dance that's probably the best way to describe e1 best lineup in the worst place to dance the sound system and lineup were one of the best i've ever experienced but the place is not ready to welcome so many people it's kind of a place where you don't feel safe at all despite all the security exactly they've got fucking you know military level security in there hundreds of them probably in there with fucking flashlights and i don't know stab proof vests and stuff and velcro name straps and really tight trousers and big boots but it's still not safe you still got your phone jacked you still might get punched in the face it's fucking a nightmare despite all the security step camera photo and even more undercover security guy who tried to sell you some drugs <laughs> really they got security guards moonlighting as drug dealers um the prices are way too much yeah the prices of the drinks in e1 are horrendous like like literally like a fucking jd and coke is like is like fucking what 20 pounds and shit i'm not paying fucking 20 pounds for a jd and coke and fucking whopping you can have you can fucking you know do one another person here says bought a vip ticket to serikin our oh, bigger my girl serikin event and the backstage was packed as they oversold the vip tickets imagine overselling vip tickets imagine how scummy you have to be 
to ever sell VIP tickets. I was standing on the stairs with a VIP ticket. I also, a guy assaulted me and a few of the girls by pulling our hair and hugging us without consent. Jesus Christ, what a horror show. Security um, did, did nothing but report when reported. People were passing out and falling sick in the middle of the dance floor because there was no water available near the stage and the bar was having a long queue. It was pure mess, which is really sad for a great... It's not just a thing though. Look, look, look at us. We're too polite in England, right? This, this girl says all this stuff about how horrible it was. She was harassed, sexually harassed, sexually assaulted in some regard, you could say, right? Or sexually harassed. Um, you know, people were passing out. That's all, that's kind of traumatic. But look at the last sentence. It was a mess, which is really sad for a great venue like E1. Babe, that's not a great venue. Great venues don't have random people hugging you and, uh, you know, and, and pestering you and fucking women and children fucking fainting all over the place. It's not a great venue. Another person says the venue was nice. However, security behavior was awful. There was a lady with curly hair who was checking the bags at the entrance and she was like, yeah, that, I know who this person's talking about immediately. I immediately know who they're talking about. I've, I've had some run-ins with this person. She opened my bag and confiscated some snacks. <laughs> that i packed for my whole for my whole working week okay you're an idiot if you take your work stuff to the club to be fair you're a bit of an idiot if you take your whole fucking you know your meal prep to to the fucking club you're a bit of an idiot like leave your stuff at home it's not that deep she opened my bag and confiscated some snacks i had prepped for my whole working week dried apricots apples and nuts i was going there directly from work Imagine going to a nightclub directly from work. That's that's a form of psychosis. You should be able to go home, wash your pussy, wash underneath your armpits, the back of your legs, you know, behind your knees, sorry, behind your ears. Like, come on, like, have a shit, like, do something. I don't know, brush your teeth. Like, you're going straight to the from the from the work to clubs. That's that's weird. Um, I had those. What you call it? Uh, the so inevitably, I had those boxes with me. Um, I was asked politely. I asked her politely if she could keep the food in a safe space. Well, like you're asking security to now look after your fucking apricots and mixed nuts. Are you absolutely crazy? Um, and all the boxes were completely full and filled to the food. She replied extremely annoyed, saying that she could not have done anything, and most likely I would have not received my food back. Almost laughing about such a potential outcome, she should have laughed. To be fair, That's, you're, you're kind of dumb. Can you guess the end of the story? At the end of the show, the food was no longer there. <laughs> the security guards ate this person's apricots, apples, and nuts. Honestly, E1, they should be fucking locked down for that forget the fucking founder of the club traveling to gaza willingly leaving the united kingdom to go travel to fucking palestine to go and fucking kill innocent women and children no forget that the club should be closed down because security guards agree to look after your box of mixed nuts and then eat them when you leave <laughs> almost laughing the the at the end of the show the food is no longer there this disappeared and while I was searching for it, this lady was making fun of me. I wondered what it was, what is the main reason, what is the main personnel skill to be hired at E1, being rude and different to others. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that is, that's so, imagine someone telling somebody, hey, can you look after my, 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 my packed lunch? Like, yeah, no worries, I'll look after it. You come back after at the end and then the box is empty. <laughs> and you can't find a security oh guys be careful make sure your phones are in your pockets keep your belongings secure and safe we had a phone stolen from the front jean pocket of of the start of our night around 2 a.m 
by the main toilets. Most of the security was unhelpful when we went to report it. The venue was too overcrowded. People were bumping into everybody. They oversold the venue. The bouncer with the eye patch was very rude, pushing people around and using his size to intimidate people. That's kind of what bouncers are for, though, no? If you can't use your size to push around ketty kids, then what's the point of being a bouncer? Really? You know what I mean? If you, if you can't fucking, you know, um, physically abuse and dominate and bully and harass and intimidate, right? And petrify little ketty kids. And what's the point of being a bouncer, really? One lady security guard was nice and told us that they would put measures in place as people would leave. Other people also told us that they had their phone stolen that night. E1 needs to do better and make the environment safer for all. I'm not sure if I'm the only one here, but I have absolutely no sympathy for people who lose stuff at clubs. One of the things I hate the most about clubbing culture is this, this, this kind of idea that everybody's out here looking out for each other when they're not it's fucking dog eat dog eat dog it's a fucking it's a literally a it's, a, it's literally a, a knife fight as tim Dillon would say everybody's out there for themselves you have to protect yourself you have to look after yourself you have to make sure you look after your belongings but you can't expect random strangers to be keeping an eye out for your necklace that you dropped or your scarf or your phone or your camera if you lose that shit like obviously contact lost property but then that's it keep it moving take the l on the chin and buy another one don't be making fucking posts on social media asking people like the community to band around and look at no you lost your jacket you lost your fucking phone you lost your keys that is on you like next time don't get too fucked up next time put that shit in your fucking sock i don't know whatever figure it out but this idea that people have to fucking you know look after you in that respect is annoying like a club is not a fucking adult nursery it looks like one don't get me wrong it looks like an adult daycare center i get it but it isn't really it's dog eat dog especially if you're a young lady out there or you're vulnerable looking you have to make sure you're fucking on point because if you're not you're gonna get fucking jacked up another person says here honestly i used to enjoy this place but lately it's become insanely overcrowded i don't know why they are selling so many tickets um and the capacity of the venue it takes about 10 minutes to get from the dance floor to the next one the toilets are crowded and you can't dance properly and there are so many people rubbing up against you that's one thing that's very very true to be fair to get to one room to the other room considering they're like what i don't know less than 30 feet like from each other it's fucking crazy how long it takes to get from one room to the other they're literally next to each other and it literally might take you 20 minutes depending on how crowded the night is it's absolutely crazy and by the time you walk into a second room it's usually warmer than the other one so you're met with this incredible heat that feels like when you're opening an oven you have to find your space to go to and when you find your space to go to you might be surrounded by people who are literally rubbing their crutch against your back and you're not too sure if that guy's busting on you you're not too sure if he's just dancing if like you're not too sure what's going on if they're trying to look for your phone you don't know what's happening so it's a complete knife fight it's a complete worry it's a hassle and it probably is one of the reasons why i've always fucking hated e1 and i am absolutely glad to see it's going through this fucking turmoil and one of the things that's really funny to see about the e1 thing actually to end it has been that they've turned off the comments on all their posts so if you go here on the obviously they've got their their statement they put out there on their on their instagram but if you hover over their fucking instagram you'll see that they've turned off the comments on obviously the post with their statement but they've also turned off the comments on every single post on their feed every single post on there there's no post that's available that's got comments on at the moment <laughs>
they don't want any communication they don't want any conversation there's no discussion around their founder serving the idf and killing innocent men and women and children nope they don't want it they turned it all off no fucking comments shut the fuck up pay us your ticket come and rave with us on nothing so that's been fucking hilarious to flip and witness and see in real time let's actually refresh it and see if they post anything else but so far we've seen absolutely nothing from them and it's great to see the communities banding around and basically you know shaming them into fucking action but yeah let's see what how it pans out let's see how all of this shit pans out moving on we've got this story courtesy of cnbc news which is really sad um considering nike and considering i might probably have some people that i probably know who still work there it says here nike is to lay off two percent of employees cutting more than 1500 jobs during the broad restructuring so we'll read the story here courtesy of cnbc it says nike is cutting two percent of his current workforce or more than 1500 jobs as part of the broader restructuring the bbc in oregon based sneaker giant said that it was um better it so it wants to better use its capital to invest in the growth areas such as running women's and jordan brand this is how we will re reignite our growth says john donahue this is a painful reality, not one that I take lightly. Um, he said that we were not currently performing at our best and I ultimately hold myself and the leadership team accountable. So let's actually check the, I think, um, what's his name has got the actual statement here. Let's see if I can find it. What's his, yeah, that's his name. Um, Brendan and Dunnan has got the actual internal memo that was sent. Somebody leaked it to him. So this is actual the C, the Nike CEO email he sent out ahead of the fucking layoffs. Cause I find the layoff emails are always funny because there's always a there's always an element of like distance the ceo has from it it's always everybody else's fault it's never it's never his fault it's never his job as online it's always like measly peasants that have to kind of get the boot and have to look for you know other means of of gainful employment so let's actually see the actual statement here courtesy or the actual email that was sent to all nike staff courtesy of john donahue the nike ceo Nike is always at his best when we're on the offense, listening to the voice of the athlete and aggressively pursuing most of our significant growth opportunities. We win by serving sport athletes with groundbreaking innovative products, distinctive storytelling and differentiated marketplace experiences. When we don't do that, we help to make athletes' dreams a reality. But we are currently confronting another reality. While interest in sport, health and wellness and comfort has never been stronger, we are in a highly competitive industry where speed, end-to-end -end execution is critical to win. <laughs> I love this. In order for us to win, you have to get fired. <laughs> to compete, we must edit, shift, and, deliver, and divest less critical work to create greater focus and capacity for what matters most. <laughs> what matters most is the company survives, not your jobs. We are doing just that. Our cons consumer marketplace focus is accelerating our innovation, bringing new products and ideas to consumers with speed and scale, and elevating our storytelling and brand in the marketplace. We were, we are developing, sorry, we are redeploying our resources to increase investment in our most significant fields of play and growth op opportunities, such as running women's and Jordan brand. So if you're not, I don't know. This is probably the reason why they're fucking flailing if they're still doing fucking Jordan brand reboots. Um, this is how we will reignite our growth. To fuel this investment over the coming months, we will more sh sharply align our organization with our strategy to continue the journey we began last year. 
unfortunately these changes will impact some of our teammates <laughs> teammates lols i love those kind of t- some of the family some of the t- teammates you know result in the reduction of approximately two percent of our total workforce this is a painfully reality um that no one um, that not one that I take lightly and that we are not currently performing at our best and I ultimately hold myself accountable. You hold yourself accountable, but are you also putting your neck on the line and firing yourself? Obviously not. I'm responsible and not responsible. Um, sorry, this is a painful reality, not one that I take lightly. We are not currently performing at our best and I ultimately hold myself and the leadership team accountable. <laughs> that said, right, we're accountable. It's our fault, but you're going to get fired. That said, I've never been more confident in our leadership <laughs> and the team to drive the clarity and team are required to win. So the leadership team are responsible for them not performing, but the leadership team are also now responsible for getting that performance. How does that make any sense? Given our size and scale, our organizational change, we will occur. Um, so our organizational change will occur in two phases. The first phase starts this week. And teammates impacted by these changes can expect to have conversations with their leader beginning this Friday, extending into the next week. The second phase will be complete by the end of Q4. Can you imagine being told you're going to get let go on a Friday just before the weekend? I know there's not a perfect day for you to get that sort of news, but can you imagine how you're going to feel just before the weekend? You're prepping for your weekend. Maybe you sort out the kids, hang out with the family hang out with a partner the husband the wife go take your dog for a walk somewhere go on a hike see your parents whatever you're gonna go do and then suddenly you get hit with a hey your job is over god damn it that's all you're gonna think about the entire weekend i completely ruined it thank you nike um emea will be on a different timeline based on the local labor law we do not expect to say hey you guys in europe you're also going to be affected don't think that the european people aren't affected also they're also going to be affected we do not expect this work to impact store athletes coaches or first line teammates based in distribution centers and air mia so if you work in the stores you're fine if you work in head office you're fucked um but from what i've read online other this has been happening for a while but it's only come to light now we have prioritized respect and compassion for teammates transitioning out of nike and we will be supportive as possible transitioning out of you know <laughs> this will include comprehensive packages of financial healthcare and outplacement support services for those teammates leaving i've always been humbled by the commitment and the grit of our teammates worldwide and our inspiration resilience hard work and unity have been remarkable through some of the most challenging times over the past few years all of our teammates impacted by these changes have made significant contributions to nike can you name them please can you name the teammates that are leaving and their contributions can you detail them john donahue can you do that of course not these are just empty words all of our teammates impacted by his changes have made significant contributions to nike we owe them a great respect and gratitude nike has proud history where the most challenging blah 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 blah, blah. so whatever right so everybody from nike or two percent of them are getting fired i love that they led with the two percent right i guess now the detail is going to be 1500 but this is standard corporate talk nike are making it seem like it's only two percent but two percent of a massive company is a lot of fucking jobs and obviously cnbc and other platforms have detailed that it's more than 1500 actual people real life human beings who are going to be impacted um you know by this so that's really upsetting but 
this shouldn't be a shock to most people because Nike stock has not been performing well. Um, even if you're not looking at the stock prices, just if you're a fan of sneakers and judging by the stuff that you buy, right? Imagine if you're a fan of sneakers and you follow my podcast and you know the stuff I talk about when it comes to streetwear and the tags and stuff, you would have probably recognized yourself. You're probably not even buying that much Nike anymore. You probably might be buying Adidas nowadays. You might be buying New Balances. You might be even wearing Crocs every single day, right? There are people just wearing other shoes nowadays I've seen on road, especially when I go into like the trendier parts of London, like Shoreditch and stuff. I've seen way more variety in terms of what people wear on their feet than ever before. I think maybe 10 years ago, five years ago, it was really, you know, all you saw was fucking Nike. Nowadays, like you probably don't even see that many people wearing Yeezys in the street anymore, to be fair. People are wearing all sorts of fucking shit out there. So so it does it's not it's kind of reflective of what's going on in the street it's been reflected obviously in the head office that nike of course are suffering and they're now having to cut costs in terms of you know um salaries and stuff to obviously allow the company to continue on and to try to reinvest some of that money back into the main areas they mentioned which is running women's and obviously jordan brand personally i feel like the over abundance or the over reliance on jordan brand especially the retros has been one of the reasons why nike has been floundering it seems like they're going above and beyond to retro fucking everything in new materials and this whatever it may be but not really innovating and making new interesting products and new interesting products that they do make are fucking terrible so if anything i think it kind of doubt it kind of goes back to nike just not being innovative not nike not being innovative enough and not really challenging people and not really offering anything fresh that would really um captivate and people in any way shape or form and you would imagine not that it's it plays a part but i would imagine also i think the love affair that sneakers or no, the love affair that sneakerheads have had with nike is also on the wane I'm not sure if that's a thing that makes any sense but i honestly think that a lot of from what i've seen online some of the you know the ill you know the ill feeling around the sneakers app and around how that gets backdoored and just limited edition releases in general i feel like there's a little bit of like contempt and resentment for nike in general for how they've been treating sneakerheads right they purposely make these limited edition shoes that are obviously catered towards kind of you know appealing to the sneakerhead conglomerate or sneakerhead community but then they go out of their way to make it incredibly hard for people within that space to purchase them and they it seems like perpetuate and encourage this whole culture around backdooring and reselling and shit that is usually i would say a net negative for the industry overall so it definitely is um a bit of an issue um going forward for nike and everything that they're going to do so what we're hoping hoping you can only hope as being a long you know a lifelong nike fan that these sort of things although they're harmful and hurtful for the people involved who obviously have to get let go you would hope that this would send the message to them loud and clear that they need to innovate they need to freshen things up need to attack things in a different way and just try to maybe you know um claw back some of that ground they've lost from other companies because i feel like nowadays there's so much variety out there there's so many options the rep industry also i'd imagine might have some impact on the fact that nike are suffering the way they are at the moment having to cut jobs because nowadays i think the reps are better than they've ever been rep industry is incredible right you can get fakes that most people probably would never be able to kind of identify as fakes if you're not really that clued into sneakers that probably might affect things um and just you know in general just not offering anything compelling for the customers that would make them bother to go above and beyond to go and purchase them so maybe things will change in the future maybe it won't 
but this is definitely not something that if you're working at Nike you should be surprised by if you were reading the tea leaves if you were kind of keeping an eye on what's going on at the industry but some people might be surprised you shouldn't really considering everything's been going on you shouldn't really considering everything that's been going on I don't think you should be at, at all at all at all at all um then lastly to end it I want to talk about Stussy Spring 2024 collection so this is courtesy of Stussy they just debuted their Spring 2024 lookbook and it's absolutely fantastic as stretch I'm gonna say this and I would never usually say this because I'm a the biggest supreme fanboy ever I think the Stussy Spring 2024 lookbook and collection might be actually better than the supreme one i'm not gonna lie especially for the clothes supreme obviously has accessories down pat and all the miscellaneous items are fucking incredible from the gloves to the tent you know to the fucking coffee machine or to the french press and all that malarkey but on the clothes side of things just on pure garms on pure vetements right you have to say stussy definitely kind of wins it right from the look number one this amazing double-breasted suit here great banging nice jumper you got this incredible knitwear piece here with the baggy jeans love it this jacket here with this model featured looks fucking incredible in the olive this jean suit right with the stussy text all over it and the double s logo fucking banging and the heartbeat this pink half zips fleece jumper and these amazing pants in the camo obviously would wear it this jacket in particular i don't know if this is like the lining this green thing if this is lining that goes on the inside of this designed way it is but either way you've got this um bomber jacket that looks like it could be an inner for another jacket on top of maybe what looks like a vest with some great trousers i would look the i would wear the fuck out of this in this outfit like 100 percent no no doubt about it obviously look dead big hoodie i'd wear that and then you've got this amazing flip of a chore jacket i'm assuming like a carhartt jacket that's been flipped in the stussy way you've got this big massive pockets at the front two chest pockets also this nice logo and it's in this nice brown washed um aged kind of you know canvasy material it looks tough it looks layered it looks thick it looks warm i'd wear the fuck out of that jacket absolutely incredible you got this bomber jacket right look at that bomber jacket with the contrasting stitch if one thing you know about me and listening to taz you know that i'm a sucker for a good black jacket with white contrasting stitching and this is right up my alley so i definitely wear the fuck out of that another nice look denim look as well those pants there the kids on instagram and tiktok are going to be all over them with a nice little print on there also um i love the tone and the yellow on that jacket chore jacket nice again the jorts i'm not really a big fan of the dr martin monkey boots i would definitely wear i think they're a collaboration i'm not too sure if these are a collaboration the nike running shoes i don't think they are but they look good regardless you got this amazing jersey football print on shirt as well i like what with the 80 there um the nice pants and the and the converse type looking sneakers this half zip fleece looks amazing the wash on those jeans look good i'm a bit bored of the timberlands timberlands look but i gotta be honest with those light light pair of denims they look really good there um you've got this great um leather hooded jacket oh, come on man look at that leather hooded jacket look at that look at that that's something that diesel can make or something that looks fucking incredible i love that also you've got this nice um what would you call that 
I'm not too sure why you call it a jacket, but regardless, it fucking looks beautiful. And then you've also got this nice rain jacket as well with the nice pants and the orange, as well as my favorite piece. This is my favorite look of the entire thing. You got this um, M65 that I guess has been made in a Gore-Tex material, like a shell. And you got this um, outerwear, the, sorry, these pants. I think they're called outdoor pants or something. And this also comes in a few different colors. But this is probably my favorite piece in the entire collection. This M65 look there. And if you actually go in the store, you'll see that I'm not the only one that thought that because the jacket itself is sold out. So the jacket of that look, the M65 jacket, is already sold out in black. And it looks absolutely smashing. Look at that. So it's an M65 in this amazing shell colorway. Um, it's got um, Gore-Tex insignia here written on the chest. Stussy logo on the left-hand side of the sleeve. Um, nice parachute-looking pants, nice and baggy with the logo as well on there. Everything's been, in, everything's been fucking stitched and in, embroidered on there. It also comes in pink as well. Like, you can't go wrong with that. You really can't go wrong. So you got it in white, and you've also got it in the pink color as well it looks absolutely incredible i love everything about it um and then you've also got here a nice varsity jacket with the stussy logo written on the side of the sleeves and you've also got those great um you know colorful print shirt jacket thing that's featured with the pants that i showed you above there as well so i think overall when it comes to just pure clothing i think Stussy definitely wins it for me when it comes to spring 2024 collections. I'm not going to lie. I think they smashed it. I think they killed Supreme. I'm not going to lie. And I love everything about it. So big up Supreme. So big up sorry, Supreme. Big up fucking Stussy for putting together a good collection as per usual. And big up all those people featured here in the bottom of the credits here for putting together an incredible fucking lookbook. I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. Anyways, my friends, that has been an episode of the External Zinger Show episode number 748 i think it has been 748 thank you so much for tuning in it's been a pleasure to have your company as per usual if you enjoyed the show make sure you click the like button down below if you've enjoyed it i'll be greatly appreciated um if you're listening to the audio side of the podcast you hear my truly today pop in right now if you're not listening to the audio side of the podcast you won't hear it if you're trying to hear what i am listening to it's going to be the jensen helicopter tune which i think if i'm not mistaken the jensen helicopter tune that i'm playing here should be should be um the one called fountain blue so jensen had inter so jensen intercopter fountain blue is my tune of the day today so play if you haven't already you can hear in the audio side of the pod and if you're watching the show live it'll just fade to black and i'll see you guys again very soon peace